Welcome to episode four of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name is Javed, and joining me this week are Eric Wells again. Um, I'm reliably informed he's put 10p in his electricity meter, so there won't be any more um, cuts this week, and he hopefully will have them for the whole podcast. Um, Joby Wicks from Bristol, and a new voice on the on the podcast, Andy. Skogins, is that if I pronounce that correctly? Skogins. Skogins. My apologies. Um, from the states. Earth calling Merrick. Come in, Merrick. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. I can't hear you guys very well. You coming in uh, and out? Yeah, it's starting to. The hamster fell off the wheel. We <laughs> <laughs> did some more sesame seeds. Okay, Palace game. Did we all watch it? No. <laughs> Sadly, um, I I've read I've I've obviously just got back from the game. I've had a look at some of the comments on the on the on the on the, on the Facebook page and um and you shook as, your head. I as frustrating and, dis, as, and as disappointing that that performance was. It's it's not by far the worst performance. You know, if you if you go back to Liverpool, Newcastle. West Brom, uh, who are the other ones? Stoke. That's four matches where we could have picked up a total of 12 points and we got nothing from those games. And today we got a point. Um, I'm not happy, don't get me wrong, but it's it's not the end of the world. Shit shit happens. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that could quite easily have been a 2 or 3 nil loss. All right, we were poor, but we didn't lose. Whereas in previous seasons, we would have lost that, you know, I think we had the best backline performance of the season so far. I mean, Fazio and Vertonghen looked solid, except for the one time that Fazio reached out whenever he got beat and almost could have been bad. Yeah, that that pairing looked pretty solid. Merrick, what was your take on the game? Merrick! <laughs> you should have stuck with the PC, bud. Cut me a break. I can hear you breathing. <laughs> <laughs> it was that bad. He's got nothing to say about it. We need some width. We need some sp- uh, pace. We need some invention. Um, <laughs> it, it's nice to see a, a back line that's starting to operate, but it was shaky and slow to begin with anyway. Well, the whole game was shaky and slow to begin with. We didn't really pick up anything until, what, the 24th minute? String some decent passes together and move forward. I thought that the... yeah, Jarrah, can the, you hear me? I can hear you, Eric. Yeah. The centre-back pairing, yeah, that was really good. Um, as Andy said, uh, Vertonghen looks, looked really good. Fazio looked solid. Um, ben Davis... Oh. Uh, ben Davis had a decent game. Um the thing that concerned me was Dyer on the right-hand side, and worse than that, in front of him, Lamella. Um, um, Lamella's so predictable. He, we'll, he really we'll, is. We'll, 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 we'll come to the offensive side of his game in a minute, but from a defensive point of view... Um, his whole game is offensive. But, well, <laughs> indeed, but from, a, you know, from the perspective of tracking back and helping Dyer out, it, we looked so, so exposed on that right-hand side. Um so many times when Dyer, who's not a right back, was caught out. Um, there was nobody supporting him, and I ju- you just couldn't help but thinking at the time, why the fuck didn't Poch, why didn't Poch start um, Lennon? You know, and Lennon, apart from what he, all the stuff that he gives us going forward, he tracks back. He works hard. And yeah. I can I can only think there that because Lennon hasn't played many games, and he started on Sunday, and then he started. Uh, obviously played midweek as well. Maybe he just thought to himself, you know, that 
Lennon needed a rest and he had to, you know, better off coming off the bench rather than playing him. Plus, he's, what, 42 now? He's getting pretty old, so... He's, he's, been, yeah, around. His... he's been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, three games inside of um, six days when he's hardly played at all. Maybe his yeah. shots isn't there for, to, to be able to, to play three games. I think that that's the thing that, as fans, we often sometimes overlook. When, when we look at team selections, it's quite easy to say... Why doesn't you know? Why did the manager pick this player? Why doesn't he pick that player? But we're we're not privy to what goes on on a day-to-day basis on on the training ground. So, you know, we, he might be struggling for fitness. He might be just a little bit off the pace. That sort of thing. There might be things which Poch sees on the training pitch, which you know will 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 um, influence his judgment when it comes to team selection. So. Yeah, the only I, I agree, Joby. The only conclusion I can draw is he, he's three games in one week is too much when he's not really been playing much. Mm. Oh, well, plain and simple, we need width. Whether it's Lennon on the right, whether it's Townsend on the left, whether it's Chadley on the right, whether it's Lamella on the left, we need some kind of width at home because I mean our pitch is narrow. I mean it is small, and when no balls are being whipped in into the penalty box. Our strikers aren't fast. They're not going to beat the last man on a through ball. No, no, that's going to say we don't have um, much pace up front at all, really. Probably the quickest, I would say, was probably Adebayor, but he wasn't playing today. It was um, Kane and Soldado, and I suppose Soldado's probably got a bit more pace than Kane, but as I say, they're, they're not the sort of players you can put a ball over behind defenders and watch them sprint past to, to latch onto the end of it. Yeah. So so in that sense we really do need to have um some some width, get down the outside, get balls across, because I mean they are both pretty good in the air. So but it's frustrating though when we do have some um some pace on the wings but the players keep cutting inside and trying to come down the middle all the time. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I never thought I would miss Kyle Walker this much, but I do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The scenery comes back, the, the better. Oh, yeah. And it always seems to be something with us, whether it's last year it was our left back, it was, you know, center back injuries. This year it's our right back injuries and suspensions. Just never can catch a break, it seems like. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say, I think we need to do an entire show on how many times Larissa saved our ass in the match. Well, yeah, that's good. He was he was the best player. He, fuck yeah, he was good. It says a lot about us as a team when the best player is consistently Larissa, Larissa, Larissa. Mm-hmm. You know. And that that just highlights the fact that we don't have anybody who wants to get on the ball who can make something happen. They, oh, it's we got, so. I mean, We've got like Ericsson and Lamella. They, you know, Ericsson <clears throat> plays his best game in the middle. Lamella keeps cutting into the middle. We can't keep the two of them in the middle all the time. So at some point, yeah. I think it's got to be a case of it's got to be one or the other. We need to yeah. pick one or the other. It doesn't seem to be. Although they're both intelligent players, sometimes they play really well together, but we can't keep having the same two, three players try and occupy the same spaces all the time. And neither of them really wants to take on the ball, maybe because one thinks the other one's going to do something. So maybe it's, it's about time that we said to one of them, OK, well, we're going to step you up, put you in there, and you have got to take a hold of a game and you have got to make things happen and pull some strings. I, well, it also goes see... back to the fact of Aaron Lennon, though. I mean, if Aaron Lennon's in, then there's not going to be anybody cutting inside into Ericsson's space. And then Lamella has usually been subbed in 60th to 70th minute. And then maybe just as an impact sub. I don't know. I think that would suit it more if, if, if it was Lamella who missed out, who sat out on the bench and was used as an impact sub for 20, 30 minutes. And we had Ericsson on from the beginning. I mean, Ericsson's got quite good dead ball um, plays as well. So, so maybe he's the man that Pochettino should be looking at, you know, building things around. To take um, half-decent play 
Um, I, I, I don't know what's going on. Barrett, dude, you keep breaking up. <laughs> Get that man oh, a $30 PC. <laughs> I don't. No, it's not. I've got a lovely mic. I've got a hardwired connection into <laughs> into the box. It just doesn't seem to want to do group conversations. I might have to just back out and let you carry on without me, man. I don't think it's going to work. Into a dog's ass is more than like it. <laughs> <clears throat> just hang in there. We'll My, stay with you. We'll uh, just make fun of you. <laughs> We won't give up on you, Derek. We'll, we'll we'll name the podcast. I can't hear you guys. We'll we'll name the episode this episode of the podcast after you. Why don't you just go in the kitchen with Mary? Go on. I'm just destroying the flow of the conversation. I will back out, and you guys uh, do. <laughs> okay. All right. Let, Whatever let's, you want let, to do. Mary. Let, let, let's continue. Um, Toast. There, there was there was a moment in the second half. Um, I think Phil Dida had a chance, um, which I couldn't. I, I saw the fact that he missed the chance, um, but I was um, in, the, in the park lane end of the ground, so uh, I didn't have the best view. Um, was it a bad miss? Um, he missed a, a header that very. I mean, it very well should have went in. I mean, it was. He jumped a little bit too early, and he was coming down, and it just went straight over the bar. And then um, he had one shot that he was on the far, I guess the far post from across that came in, and uh, it just went wide. I mean, these these chances he's got he's got to make. I, I see. I, I think this is is just the confidence again. I think you know you you look at him last Sunday. <laughs> Brimming full of confidence, he misses out on Wednesday, then gets brought back in again the following weekend. I think you know it's putting pressure on him, which at a moment he just can't deal with it. All strikers, goal scorers, they rely. You know, on, on it, it's very much a confidence game, and when they when they get into a run where they're scoring goals, where you know it, it's. It, it becomes addictive, and equally, when they get into a run where they're playing badly and they're missing chances, it, it that can be quite difficult to to break out of that. So he scored on Sunday against Everton. They should have Pochettino should have should have played him on middle of the week. Um, yeah, definitely, he needs he needs that run. I think. Do you think moment... that he was set out for Chelsea because of the whole confidence issues? He he didn't want to. I guess destroy his confidence with a against a really good Chelsea side. Well, I think he's destroyed it by not playing him. To be honest with you, I mean, you look at Kane. He he comes in and out. At the moment, he's young, and he, he's you know he's just starting on his career. You know, he's got the potential to become a very very good player. It, it's down to him whether he does or he doesn't. But at the moment, he is brimming full of confidence. Whether he's playing or not, he's coming in, and he's got no fear because he's young. So Dyer was a little bit more experienced, a bit older, been going through a bad patch, which Kane hasn't been doing. You know, if, if, if you're going to bring somebody in and, in and out and not affect their game, that's going to be Kane. But with somebody like Soldado, who, who, who needs the confidence, the moment he does something good in a game, the next game, the manager thinks, oh, well, I won't play him because it might dent his confidence. But by not playing, it's done that. Then brings yeah, him back true. in the next game. And, you know, and you're seeing him snatching up chances or headers go, go wide or he slices a shot, which should have gone on target. It's, you know, it, it, it is, it's a mental. I mean, Pochettino keeps going on, or should I say Poch, keeps going on about um, mentality. But, you know, if he's going to, if he's going to chop and change with a, with a striker who needs, who's quite fragile at the moment, who needs the confidence, you know, it, it's not going to work, is it? No. Um, one, we'll, we'll we'll look at questions a bit bit later. But um, one of the things that that I puzzled me in the second half was um, Poch's substitution when he brought on Paulinho. What the fuck was that all about? Well, because, and, 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 and that 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 if, 
that um, there were some questions on Paulinho, which we, we can go straight into now yeah, as, a, as, as a follow-up from that, because um, there were two questions, one from Dawn Fletcher um, saying um, apparently she'd read an article uh, somewhere that um, Under Armour were offering incentives to um, to, to us, to, to, to Spurs, to get Paulinho to go back to his former club. Um, she goes on to say she doesn't remember um, whether that was uh, on loan or permanent deal and whether this is the first time whether whether this is um, something that's new or, or, or there's a precedent for this. Um, another question on Paulinho um, Dafford Hughes said if Paulinho was called John Jones and was from Milton Keynes would he still be considered a £17 million pound player? <laughs> yeah, I mean the first question you've got to ask is what does he do? What kind of midfielder is he? Is he a defensive midfielder? Is he a creative midfielder? You know, what what, what does he actually do? He was supposed he was supposed to be a box to box a Frank Lampard. He was bu- he was billed as being the, the the next Frank Lampard, somebody who could break into the box and score goals. So that's that was my recollection of him when he signed for Spurs and when I watched a few of the games in the Confederations Cup in Brazil, that's the impression I got. So So at the moment, who do we have in that kind of position as a Frank Lampard type player? We don't, do we really? So we're bringing him on to to, to do a role, which we don't actually Mm. have anybody doing that role anyway, because we don't really play that kind of way. Mm. At the moment, it seems to be that we're, we're lining up with two defensive midfielders obviously one of the two we're hoping can go forward and pass the ball around a bit while we're playing with three attacking midfielders in front well Paulinho doesn't sit into the bracket of the three attacking midfielders behind the forward man and he doesn't sit into the two defensive midfielders with which can can pass the ball around so you're trying to fit a a, a type of player into a, a formation which isn't set up for that kind of player well, would you see uh, uh, what Mason as a defensive midfielder because he was playing beside uh, Capu for what a few games while Capu I'd was in while we was doing a four three two one or a four. Mason's yeah, Mason's developing his defensive game. I mean, he, he's not the quicker to get him back. I mean, he, he does get back to try and cover. You know, when yeah. the, when a centre forward goes when a centre back goes forward, if it's Bentaleb or Capui or it's Mason there, they are coming back and covering he's not the quickest but he does come back and cover so his defensive game is developing and he can pass the ball really really well gets and scores a couple of goals so I suppose in a way he could be classed as a similar player to what Paulinho is but um, yeah. as I say I yeah. mean, we're not geared up to, to, to suit Paulinho in his game I, I wouldn't classify Mason as a um, defensive midfielder just because he is so good at starting deep, starting to play deep into Erickson, into Lamella, into Chadley, whoever is in front of him. I think with um, when you, when you look at that midfield, and you, okay, you've got Mason, you've got Ben's Lab. Kapoe seems to fall, fall, seems to have fallen out of favour. Stambouli does okay in Europe. Maybe he's not ready yet at the moment. Uh, you know, we don't know. We don't know yet. It's his first full season. It's going to take some time. And then when you look beyond that, I look at Dembele and I think talented but shit. Um, sorry, that's what I think. I, I think he's just he's he's got immense talent, but it's just so frustrating yeah. watching him. And then you've got. Well, Pally. I think he's been played out of position way too much. Yeah, but where, where where would you want to play Dembele now? For me, I would want him playing in that sort of number ten role because yeah. he he holds the ball so well. He can turn on players. He can ghost past players. He can pass the ball really, really well. For me, he's wasted being played in that two behind the three because yeah. he picks the ball up halfway line inside our own half. And it's hard to get him off the ball. But when he does lose the ball, that's where he loses the ball and he puts us under pressure. I'd much rather see him 15, 20 yards further up the field, you know, sort of like halfway in their half, pick up the ball there, ghosting past players, making these little mangy runs and stuff. 
pretty much where he was for, for um, Fulham. So how many number 10s do we actually have? You know, you've got Ericsson wants to play there. You've then got Dembele wants to play there. If we're going Lamella to be wants to play there. Or we can play Soldado there behind one or the other. Lamella wants to play Hope there. Wanted, Hope we wanted to play there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's on loan, but looks as though he'd probably stay in Germany. Yeah. He's... I would... I'll tell you where I'd like Dembele, um, at another club. <laughs> I, 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 no, only in so far as look, he's been. If you look at his first season, he did. I, I think it, was one, it might have been his debut, even. I can't remember, but certainly one of his very early yeah. games. And he scored a goal, I think it was against West Brom at the lane, where he picks up the ball, he sort of dropped his shoulder, and, 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 and he took a shot and he scored. And then there was oh, also yeah. that goal in um, the same season. Leon. Uh, Leon away, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did well, but then he now had it's got, injury, didn't he? He had an injury, and now it's just yeah. got to the point where, you know, it's going to be three years. And sometimes with players, you just it gets to the point where they've been at a club for a while, um, yeah. and it's not quite worked out. Or even if it worked out initially, then they're they're not quite the same player for whatever reason. And you just think, for their sake and for the club's sake, you're actually probably but but uh, better moving them on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I'm going to get some stick from people on on the Facebook page. That's fine. Um, hey, well, it's also all opinions, you know. Yeah. Just got one, so. Um, but on Paulinho, I, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> if I've just slagged off um, Dembele, then I'm going to be even more harsh on Paulinho. <laughs> um, I, I I don't really know what the, he's just. He looks like a fish out of water. He does, you know. He does. I totally agree with you there. I, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I good player and, and everything like that. But I'm sorry, I, I just don't think he, he suits. He, he suits us. I don't think he's he's going to fit well into our team. He's going to suit our play. I don't see him now, as. Do you think? Do you think that he was a product of the system around him with Brazil, with all of those international stars around him feeding him? And with Corinthians, I mean, with Corinthians, he was arguably probably the the star player of their team. Yeah. But in the Brazilian league, is he just a step above the Brazilian league, but not quite up to Premier League level? Um, maybe that's a possibility. I mean, when they got absolutely slaughtered by the Germans, but you took you took Thiago. Mm-hmm. And you took um, Neymar out of it. They were very ordinary, yeah. very ordinary. So yeah, I mean, just because they're Brazilian doesn't mean they're going to be a world beater. So yeah, that's true. I think yeah, I, I think he, he, you know, a good Brazilian player, but not a, a special Brazilian player. I mean, he's, he's lost his place in that team to um, is it, uh, it was the the one who plays in Germany with the pencil moustache. Uh, what's his name? Gustavo. That's one, yeah. I mean, he's lost his place to him. You've now got um, is it the one at uh, Manchester City, Fernandinho or Fernando, yeah. or his name is. So, yeah, and he's losing out to, to two, three, four other players now. So, so yeah, I, I think you know, going back to your question from Dawn, mm. if you if uh, Under Armour want to um, do a deal to take him back to Brazil and, and they uh, they give us some money for it, I, I think you know that could be a could be an option. I say let the boy go. Let him go to where he can succeed further his career. The only problem we've got, though, is um, with Daniel Levy, is that you won't let anybody go without making something out of them. you only got to look at uh, Gomez, the goalkeeper. I mean, it was a fantastic shot stopper. Sat on the bench for God knows how long because... Levy had a, a had a fee for him that he wanted, and nobody was willing to, to meet it. So the guy ended up losing two or three years of his career just sitting on a bench. I, I hope that doesn't happen, but I mean, who's going to want to stump up the seventeen million we paid for him? This brings me on to an interesting question. So I, I met um, one of the people from the group, Joss Heddington, at, at half time, and we had a an interesting discussion about a few things, like our mutual hatred of Chelsea. Um, but 
we also I asked him a question which was, which was playing on my mind about five minutes before I met him at half time which was in today's transfer market if well how much would Eric Lamella be worth and how much would Harry Kane be worth today I think I would say Harry Kane would be worth around about 15 15 to 18 million I think we could put a price tag on him whether or not you get it or not but I think that would be fairly realistic when you look at you know what people go for as for Lamella the, the figure that both me and Joss came up with for Lamella today was 10 million well in, I'd give him a little bit more credit than that I would I would say if you want to sell him to another Premier team you probably about 10 million but I honestly think he would go for around about 18 20 million to a European team because they've seen him in Italy. They know that he has got the skills. He had a great season in Italy. It might just be that that game suits him more than the English game. But I think, I think if we were to send him back to Italy, we could get 20 million back for him. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then it comes full circle to Levy. Because if these How players... How much can we get Yeah, if, 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 if Lamella's not, not doing it and you're not going to get uh, or Paulinho or, or whoever, if these players aren't performing, then Levy's not going to get the money back that that was spent on them. So they're just going to... I think where we, he might want to identify a player and a cash deal sort of thing. It might be that... Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk about a lot of the Italian clubs interested in Lamella. For example, I mean, like Roma. I think Destro still plays a front there. It might be that if we need a strike, they could end up doing a deal where Lamella goes, Destro comes the other way, straight swap or plus cash sort of deal. I think that might be an, might be the best way to try and offload these players without taking a huge hit on what we paid for them. The problem was was at the time we probably had paid over the top over the top on what they were were really truly worth, mainly because of the money we had from Bale, and everybody knew we had that money. I mean, you look at Southampton, you know, mm. they sell all those four or five players in the summer for all that money. And then every player they've, they, they've looking at, they've had, you know, three or four million added onto the price tags. Same thing happened with Liverpool when um, Suarez went. Everybody knows Liverpool's got money and they've probably paid over a top on some of their players as well. Mm. It's a vicious circle. Sorry, Andy. Whoever suggested would get Gervinho, I want to smack him. <laughs> so, mo- moving on, we've got Besiktas in the Europa League on Thursday and then Swansea away from home next Sunday. How do you think those games will go and any predictions? Oh, oh, we're going to smash them. <laughs> so, <laughs> although I've got to say though, just before I comment on that, mm. although we took a point today at nil nil, at least I didn't have to eat any marmite again, which is a good thing. Oh, I was going through the grocery store and I saw the marmite on the English international shelf, and I oh. thought about you, Joby. It's disgusting, mate. Honestly, oh, it's lovely. I, it's so. Don't touch it. I gagged just a little bit whenever I yeah. saw it. I don't blame you, mate. I don't blame you. But no, so going back to the games, um, Besiktas, uh, we've only got to get a draw there. So I, I, I honestly think that um, Pochettino will take a, a mixed side of um, some youngsters and the fringe players. And I think he'll give a few youngsters some, uh, some game time over there. Mm. I think we will come away with the draw to, to top that group. And then as for next Sunday, well, it's going to be a, it really is going to be a, a must-win, I think, to be honest with you, because because of the results this weekend with Arsenal losing, Liverpool drawing, you know, at the moment Everton losing, we know it. We've got to keep in touch with these teams. I mean, Man United play Southampton on Monday, so if we really have realistic hopes of finishing sort of top six, it's games like these that we've got to win. Yeah. So I'd hope to think, you know, next Sunday we'll have, you know, they've they've got they'll have more rest this week because 
they played on a Saturday, not on a Sunday. They've got a European game on a Thursday, so we've got a bit more time, a little bit more time to rest, a bit more time on the training field. And um, and hopefully we can iron out a few of the issues and and they can get some energy back into their legs because by all accounts today, it just looked as though it was a, a very, very tired performance. Slow across the field, slow on the ball. Scoreline for Swansea? Um... Tough game, but I'd like to think we'll do it 2-1. Okay. Andy? Oh, we're going 2-0. All right. Well, you're both more optimistic than me. Um, I think we'll draw against Besiktas and top the group, and I think uh, against Swansea next Sunday, <clears throat> we're fucked. Yeah. We are. We, we, well, I, I can't see us getting anything. I think I think we're going to go there. It's going to be post um, Europa League, and yeah, and Wilfred Boney's going to score against us, and so is Gilfie Sigerson, and we're going to all be bemoaning after the game why we let Sigerson <laughs> go, and we're all going to be talking about how we should sign Wilfred Boney in the transfer window, and. It's going to be all shit and doom and gloom. So, and I hope I'm proved wrong. Okay, next Sunday, what would your starting lineup be if we, if everybody's fit? What would your first eleven be? If everybody's fit, including Carl yeah. Walker. Yeah, if everybody was fit next Sunday, what would your starting eleven be? Uh, Larissa, Larissa, Larissa in goal. Ben Davis at left back. Vertonghen and Fazio. At the back, I'd like to see Dyer further down the line, but maybe he's not ready yet as a centre back. Um, right back, Kyle Walker, if he's fit. Um, midfield pairing. You're so predictable. Midfield pairing of Bentalab and um, Mason, and then a free of Ericsson, Lennon, Kane, and Soldado up front. What about you, Andy? Um. Do I have to put Lloris in goal? I mean, he's... he's no, you put the yeah, front one. Definitely Lloris in goal. Um, Kyle Walker, Fazio Vertonghen, Ben Davies. Um, I would prefer to have Stambouli in the middle with three in front of him and then two in front of them three. So I'd go Stambouli in front of the back four. Then I'd have a midfield of Chadley on the left, Erickson in the middle, and um, probably Lennon on the right because we need the width. And then the front two of Soldado and Harry Kane. Cool. I'd go for, uh, obviously, Larissa in goal. Fatsuno um, <clears throat> and Matangan in the middle because I think they are starting to get a good partnership going. Uh, obviously, Carl Walk on the right because we have missed his pace. And... Um, I'm torn. I I never really rate Rose too much, but he has he has turned a corner and he is getting better. So I'm torn between him and Davis as a left back because Rose has got more pace and gets forward better on an overlap, but Davis is a better defender. So yeah, I am torn between those two, but I think I might just go with Rose just for that attacking ability, and then I would want. Um, Ericsson in the middle and I would have him next to probably um, Bentelab I think to be honest and then I would like um, Soldado and Kane up front with Lennon and Chadley on the two wings I'm, I'm not sold on Bentelab just yet I mean there's so many times today where he had the ball, and he just was inaccurate with his pass, or he tried to run at a defender and just got dispossessed so easily. I'm just not sold on him. Well, uh, Stambouli, he looks as though he could be good, not the quickest. When he played a few yeah. weeks ago in a European game, um, he was getting caught quite badly. You know, they were going past him and, and uh, well, he was perhaps going backwards at times. But he he looks good on the ball. He can put a tackle in, but just not quickest. Um, Kapui, 
don't know, he started out really well and then he's just died off a little bit. I think he needs to be with a lot of energy in the middle there. And at the three, at those three, Bentelab has the most energy. Yeah. I mean, Bentelab's well, getting you know get um, Oh, no, did, um, Javid, did you put Mason in your lineup? Yeah. I would have had him on the bench, Mason, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I like Mason, much. I do like him, but I would much rather see Ericsson getting a lot more of the ball in the middle. Yeah. And I would like to see um, Kane and Salgado, one of those two, playing off the back of the other. I mean, yeah. they can take if, if need be, because Saldana is a very, very clever player. And he links up very, very well with, with, a, with a fellow centre-forward. And, and we have seen Kane can get back and he can play really well across the midfield and he can also attack quite well. So I think those yeah. two rotate quite well in, in up front. So I would rather have somebody like Ericsson taking on more of a moderate role and coming from, you know, from the middle and spraying the ball around. There's one player that none of us mentioned, and we we, we made the assumption that everybody would, would be fit and available, and they wouldn't be under any spells or witchcraft. Uh, Adebayor. Um, Adebayor. Does he still play for us? <laughs> on on his day, the guy is world class. On his day, but when was day, that day? Well, his day isn't isn't as often as it should be. Really, he does work hard. Yeah. I mean. Loads of people slag him off, and they all call him lazy and everything else. But he does work hard for the team. He does. But for me, he's a lone striker. He's a link-up yeah. man up front. I mean, in all honesty, Soldado has played well with with um, with Aid when they played together uh, uh, last season. They they had a very good partnership when when um, Sherwood came in and uh, was in temporary control of things. But those two played well together then, and and I don't think. Kane and and, uh, and Aid could play well together, but I would like to see you know two strikers on the pitch. To be honest with you, whether they're both in strikers' roles or one's playing in a midfield role. So uh, for me, I'm I'm afraid Aid wouldn't wouldn't fit into that category. I'm not a fan of him just because he's got bricks for feet. Every time a ball comes near him, it pops three feet up in the air, and he doesn't have control of it. Yeah. If he could cradle a pass, then it would be it would be better. He would be able to lay it off faster. He wouldn't have to wait, and then a defender would close in on him. I think he'd be, I, I think he'd be gone anyway. To be honest with you, yeah. come January or come into the season, I think he'd be gone. Well, January he's going to be at the African Nations Cup. I, I guess. No, they haven't won Togo. Have they not? No. Okay. Uh, they finished third or fourth in their group, so um, so he so he won't so he will be around if we need to use him. But um, I've got a feeling that come January, I think Pochettino will will be given some money to spend, and I think he will spend it. And I've got a feeling we'll see a, a striker come in. God, I hope so. Wilfred Boney. No, he won't. Be I wouldn't go that far. I think, personally, I think it might well be Jay Rodriguez from Southampton. Pochettino's worked with him at Southampton. He likes him. He rates him. And I think he would suit, I think he would he would fit into that three attackers behind the striker role. He did that quite a bit for Southampton. They used to have Lambert up front on his own. And Rodriguez would come in off the, um, well, it was him and Lallana, wasn't it, on two wings? The, the, the only thing that concerns me about Rodriguez is, He's been injured for a long time, and you don't know how he's going to come back with with with, with any long term injury. You know, it, it sometimes players don't come back the same player. Sometimes it takes them a while to come back. So yeah, only... yeah it'd be a risk. But has he had any minutes yet? No, not yet. No. no. Uh, well, I thought he was supposed to know. be back by November. Right, I'm not sure whether we might have played any um, of their under-21 games or not. I don't know, to be honest. I've not really looked at Southampton's um, games. But... Yeah. Well, whatever we do, um, I know one thing is for sure. we got to play faster from the back. Our The tempo is so slow. It was so dreadful today watching. It was, I was yelling at the laptop, and it was... 
it was sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards, sideways, so, backwards, forward. So who slows the game up the most for us, do you think? <clears throat> Everybody. It's not, so, so to you, it looks as though it's pretty much a, a tactic of everybody and not so much one or two players who keep putting the brakes on. I know, um, let's see, there was a couple of times where Bentelev had the ball deep um, right in front of the back four and he went to push forward a little bit and there was, you know, a striker or a, um, an attacking midfielder there and then he kind of like tried to do a Scotty Parker, you know, 180 and ended up passing it backwards. And you could, you could hear the crowd boo. Yeah, yeah. That, but then again, that's, that is pretty much Bentelab's game though because he, he is yeah. predominantly a defensive midfielder. He doesn't really have the <clears throat> skill set to... To pass the ball quickly and forward yeah. pretty well, he, you know, when, whenever I, I do see a lot of his games, you know, he breaks the ball up and he, he, he he's quick with short passes, and their short passes are always sideways, slightly backwards, a little bit in yeah. front, sort of thing. He's not really a a, a, a playmaker, so he's going to want to try and get rid of the ball as quickly as he can to somebody else for them to do something with it. Yeah. I well, what was the difference between this week and then last weekend against Everton? Against Everton, I mean, it was it was practically ricocheting off of everyone's foot in the direction of another teammate. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how Palace set up compared to how Everton set up. I mean, by all accounts, Belazi and Zaha were were ripping yeah. ripping us apart down the wing, which Everton weren't really doing, were they, last weekend? Uh... I don't know who Morales they, was. They they weren't, but but the, the the big difference to me wasn't so much that. It was the fact that actually Everton came to the lane and they 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 set their stall out and they said, right, we're gonna play our way, we're gonna play our expansive football, we're gonna go and get a result. Palace did what a lot of teams do, um, and they tried to stifle the play and then hit hit, hit us on the break. Um, and we don't cope well with that. No, um, we don't. So, so at some point now, every team's going to do that to us. So we've got to come up with ways of of getting around that, which is where we need the pace of something like Walker to go beyond them and possibly Rose on the left hand side. Which, well, yeah, or Yedlin even. Yedlin, yeah. I mean, he's they reckon he'll be here um, later oh, on this no. month into January, but I don't know. He won't be in this team for it, a while. Well, is it going to be too soon to see him playing? I mean, should he go out on yeah. loan? I wouldn't say go out on loan. Maybe to see, I mean, put him in a couple of Europe games just to see how he does because we still want to have, what, isn't there going to be one more um, after the new year? We've got... Um, we have so Besiktas coming up. And so then the new have, year will be the next, it'll be the knockout stage of two legs. So yeah. he oh, could be one okay. of those, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Possibly Carling Cup or uh, I think. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Andy. I, I don't think it would be wise to loan him out, but I think equally yeah. we need to be realistic about him. You know, I've said this a million times before. I think players that come in at January, in, in, in the middle of the season, January, um, uh, apart from the fact I don't think it's, it's the best transfer window anyway. I know in this case it's not so much a transfer window because it's already been pre agreed, but. Just coming in the middle of the season, not having a proper pre-season with a team. Um, yeah. He's just had a whole it, season in the MLS, hasn't he? So. Yeah. Um, I think he should train with, train with the team if there are one or two opportunities because players are injured or um, suspended, then he'll, he'll get a chance. But it's with Yedlin, it's really about next season. Yeah, definitely. Um. We've got a few questions. I'm going to try to go through this um, as quickly as possible. And um, before um, before I do the questions, I keep forgetting to do this every week. I was going to. I told myself I'll I'll, I'll mention this in the last podcast, and then and then I forgot. Um, so I'll do it now. Um, and uh, it actually it's something that I posted on the Facebook group earlier today. But I'm going to just paraphrase what, what I've said, and that's to thank Andrew Pelling for setting up this group. Um, if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be the podcast um, that, that we've got now. Um, the, the group, um, he, he set up a group a few months ago um, 
the group's got over 400 members um, for the, 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 the Facebook group. Um, it's got what I would say are proper admins, people that uh, you know ad administrating the group and, and making sure that there isn't any nastiness and, and that yes, there's healthy deb debate and people disagreeing and, and, and difference of, 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 of opinion, but um, that that's all done you know in a grown-up way because we're all adults and um except for me who um i'm a boy i'm a boy stuck in a 34 year old man's body um but no seriously um the the, the group is great and if it wasn't f for the group we, we wouldn't have the platform to do the podcast so thank you andrew um, yeah no i that. second that yeah it's it's a very good group i mean there's a lot of spurs groups out there on the internet on mm. facebook and everywhere else and uh you tend to find that uh, in a lot of these groups, they don't, they, people don't really um, moderate them at all. You get a lot of abusive postings and personal abuse towards people because they don't agree with what you've got to say and stuff. So, <laughs> then, you know, this group is pretty good in that, you know, I think everybody looks after each other. So, uh, so yeah, well done, Andrew. Thank you. Are, uh, are y'all done brown nosing yet? Yeah. <laughs> Give them brown points. Just about, yeah. So, first question from ooh, fellow podcaster, Nikki Metz, South Africa. She says, has a manager or coach ever walked away, resigned from a team? I presume by that she means, have they ever walked away during a match or, uh, or straight after a match? She says, if I were Poch... Um, I would. He must be so frustrated. Um, I'm, well, I'm not sure about during a match. I mean, didn't didn't uh, what Tony Pulis? He walked away from Palace. Yep, Tony Pulis walked away from Palace. Kevin Keegan famously, I think, quit straight after England lost to Germany in a World Cup qualifier in 2000. Um, I can't, I can't think of any precedents where somebody's just thought do you know what fuck it we're, we're, we're shit this is frustrating I'm just going to walk out I should imagine there must be somewhere I, I can't honestly think of anybody but but yeah I mean in the heat of the moment I should think, imagine quite a lot of things have happened and whether or not you know they've had 10 given an hour or a day or two to think about things and then they've been talked around again I don't know but I should imagine um didn't um, when Keegan was at um, Newcastle, he left Newcastle, didn't he? Uh, yeah. And um, wasn't it something to do with after they beat us when Jerry Francis was in charge, and they'd absolutely ripped us apart after the game? He'd, he'd seen the reaction on Jerry Francis and stuff, and that had something to do with him leaving Newcastle. Apparently, which is a bit of a strange one. You know, your team just dumped somebody in it. And it had a different effect on him. Yeah, although Keegan's got a sort of precedent for just quitting. So he quit Newcastle twice. Yeah. Walked away from England. Um, he had that fake word... um, bust up, didn't he, on the Sky Sports when he was being interviewed? Yeah. Ferguson yeah. and stuff. But he's just an emotional wreck, that bloke. He should, he should ban up a bit. Um, <laughs> as, as, as for the, is he frustrated? I think, I suspect Nicky's probably more. And, 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 and all of us, for that matter, are more frustrated. I think Poch, I don't think Poch is frustrated. I, I should imagine he is at times when he, when they're working on something and he's in a game and they do the complete opposite. But like he's been saying, though, he only came in the summer. He hasn't had long with the team, really. I mean, he didn't get a full pre-season, did he, because of the, um, the World Cup? Yeah. Players have been in and out with injuries and whatever else. So, you know... I, I, I should he's imagine, trying to assess our players. Exactly, yeah. I should imagine it's frustrating for him because at the moment the fans, you know, you've seen it on the internet, you're hearing it on phone-ins and everything else. They're moaning this is the worst performance today and, God, the other week was shit and this, that, the other. <laughs> but obviously that's going to frustrate him, but he obviously knows what he's doing. He knows it's going to take time. All he needs from everybody else is a bit of patience. Okay, next question, Sam Moore. Does anyone think Harry Kane is in danger of being quite literally run into the ground? Do we need another striker in January? He showed yes. it today, I think. Yeah, we do need another striker in January. We need three, maybe four strikers that we can, you know, 
that we can utilise. And quite frankly, we haven't got three strikers we can really truly utilise at the moment. So, so yeah, we do need a, a, another striker, regardless of whether one goes or not. And, yeah. um, and I don't know about whether we're in danger of running him into the ground or not. He does cover a lot of ground in, in his games. He puts a lot of effort in, but I know he's a young whippersnapper, isn't he? He should yeah. be able to do that. He's a professional footballer. Exactly. He gets paid for this. <laughs> Um, I think the bigger question is whether they would be a decent quality striker available in January, in the January transfer window. That's, yeah. If, Maybe well, a band-aid until summer. Yeah. I'm, well, if, if we're going to have to pay big money for it anyway. We're not going to be able to just pick yeah. something, unless it's, a, unless it's an unknown, whether or not this guy, news new guy, Paul Mitchell, whether or not he's got some, you know, highlighted it uh, at some, you know, obscure team in South America or something, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, we'll look at, look at Chelsea. I mean, they plugged an aging Samuel Eto'o in last year. Worked out pretty good for him. They plug in an aging, you know, Drogba this year. It's worked out fairly well for him this year. So, I mean, they're just band-aid, putting a band-aid on an issue until they can either find somebody that they want that is available that they're not going to have to pay an arm and a leg for, or maybe somebody just falls in their lap. So that means Louis Saha comes back then. <laughs> oh dear God, no, no, no. Um, Paul Esau asks, is there any points in on winning corners? What the fuck is the problem? Oh, that's one of the biggest frustrations ever. You get a corner that either A, it plays, they play it short, and it ends up going all the way back to the goalkeeper, or B, they can't beat the bloody first man. I mean, you watch other games and you see teams hitting their players, scoring goals. I mean, what, we scored one goal so far this year? Didn't we, Dyer, yeah. against early on the season? Didn't he score from a corner? Yeah. yeah it was the uh, second game of the season, yeah. I believe. And I think that's it, isn't it? That's, that's the only decent corner we scored from this season. It's... It- it's not though. It's not just this season. If you go back to when Harry was in charge, and we had Rafa, and we had Bale, and we had players who who should be good with their delivery, I seem to recall our, our, our set pieces or certainly cor- corners weren't particularly good then. There was one season I just I, I can't remember which one. It might have been his last season in charge, and we were pretty poor then. Do we have anybody who's who's earmarked to take them, or is it just a case of? Or as close as takes it. No, it's, it's Ericsson and Lamella. Yeah, you know, it's, it's if, if those are the guys and they're not hitting, they keep being cut out by the by the first bloody defender. Well, then perhaps we should be looking at somebody else to take them. But see, it's it's kind of weird though because Ericsson usually takes them from the right, so it's an out swinging, and then when if Lamella's on, he takes them from the left, which is out swinging as well. We never really see an in swinging corner come across the face of the goal like today. Whenever Palace did it to us, and it was it was like within you know the the six yard box. It was a beautiful corner. So with an out swinging corner, aren't you supposed to have your defenders on the edge of the penalty area, making that run into attack the ball? But that doesn't happen. Our central defenders always stood around on the six yard box. Well, that's what my book says. Soccer for dummies. We should, um, if you've got a copy of that book, we should send it to um, Lamella and Paulinho and Dembele. And Sherwood. I borrowed it. And Sherwood. I borrowed uh, it from Sherwood. <laughs> it was brand new. It was crisp. So it is, is it highlighted on the bits where it says, run around, defend a bit, attack a bit, Go on, fucking run around. You got little drawings in there as well. I think there's something to be said, though. You know, I was um, for the whole. I don't want to keep bringing up Harry Redknapp, and I'm not looking back, but I'm just, I'm just going to bring it up to illustrate a point. When Harry was manager, famously, he's supposed to have said. Just go and fucking run around, and that was his approach to tr- to training. And and let's 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 say that Harry was one end of the spectrum. He wasn't tactically astute. 
and that's fine. If that's the case, then I would say AVB and Poch are the complete antithesis, and they are too tactical to the point where they talk about possession stages. They put this emphasis on, on stages in games and systems and so forth. And let's face it, most footballers aren't particularly intelligent, so they're not going to get all of that stuff anyway. Um, are they? Do they overcomplicate? Does Poch overcomplicate the game? Well, no, I don't think so. I think AVB did. Do you think Poch does? No. I don't know, to be honest. I, I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm, well, I've never been, been privy to any of these kind of training sessions that we do. I mean, there's a lot of talk about AVB being, you know, over overzealous with his tactics and, you know, phases of play and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But um, but then that's their European managers. And I think the European game is very tactical <clears throat> compared to the English game. The English game is... is um, it's becoming more tactical, but it's always been an old-fashioned, you know, run around a lot. Big. I mean, you take a look at the, you know, the kids coming up through the game. At the moment, the problem in the grassroots levels is uh, putting too much onus on the physicality and the size of players rather than the technical abilities. So it may, I don't know, maybe, maybe Poch is um, a little bit over, over tactical with some of the players and. Maybe it takes a while for them to know, but then a lot of them have played European football, so surely they would, they would know that. Don't know. It's an interesting one. I don't know. There's too many people that rely on the golden years under Harry. I mean, come on, pop Harry's titty out of your mouth, move on, <laughs> and let's look forward. I mean, he's going to be relegated for the second time this season. Or <laughs> <laughs> only once, didn't they? Two 0 so. They might just scrape up if they're lucky. No, but... I don't. I don't think so. I, th- I think they're going down, and then he'll he'll quit or resign or get fired, and then he'll move on to some other post or maybe have plastic surgery to fix his side of his face. <laughs> um, okay. Final couple of questions. Sam Moore asks, "What would you rather fight, a hungover polar bear or a lion with a toothache?" Oh. Um... Oh. A hungover polar bear or a lion with a toothache. I think I'd rather fight the hungover polar bear because he's hungover, he just doesn't want to know anything. <laughs> Whereas a top fire, a, a, a lion with toothache, he's got pain already, so he's gonna, he's gonna be quite snappy. So, yeah, I think I'd rather go with a polar bear. Andy? Hungover polar bear. Isn't that, that's what I am right now, right? A hungover <laughs> polar bear. I'd go for the lion. I'd just punch him in his mouth. It'd be done. Would the, would the, the, the bear, would he be a, a relative of Wufo? <laughs> <laughs> um, so what about you, Javid? I, uh, exact, uh, exactly what I'm going to be boring here. Exactly what Joby said, which is um, the, the 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 hungover polar bear. Because I would fancy my chances against him. Because depending on how pissed he is, he might miss when he takes a swing. So yeah, I, I think I think I'd, I'd go <laughs> go for the bear. Um, well, tell me this: Do you think the lion will actually eat you with a toothache? I think he'll just be more aggressive. I think he would, yeah. And it'd be quicker. When you've got a toothache, you are quite aggressive because you're quite pissed off with the pain. When you've got... If I have a toothache, over, I'm a pussy. You just hide, you know. You're like, oh, leave me alone. Gang over. So, talking of... Before I go on to the next question, talking of um, pussy and feline <laughs> friends. Um, so, here's, here's a joke. Um, what do you... <laughs> here's a joke. What do you... What do you... Um, what do you do if you... What do you do if you come across a What do you do if you come across a tiger in a jungle? What do you do if you come across a tiger in a jungle? Do tigers live in jungles? <laughs> Don't well, be since, pedantic. <laughs> since um, since there are massive jungles in Kansas, I can tell you that I would probably run the other way. I don't know. What do you do when you come across a tiger in a jungle? Wipe it off and apologise. 
<laughs> final final question. This is my sort of question. Um, if Stewards, Physios, Ground Staff were fit, like Eva Carniero at Chelsea, would attendances improve? Um, Eva Carniero is the Chelsea Physio, oh, anyway, nice. in case anyone was wondering. And that question came from Greg Taylor in Salvador, Brazil. So. Is that why John Terry still plays? Is for that physio at Chelsea? Probably, yeah. Probably gets a rub down. Yeah. Rub God. out. Oh, no. I really, really, really hope he hasn't slimed all over her. She's lovely. She is really nice. She's about 42, isn't she, or something? 42? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't look at it. But, yeah, no, I think... Um, yeah, I should imagine a lot of players will try it on and want feign injuries maybe to get a, you know, a touch here or there. We wouldn't have a healthy team. Everybody would be injured. You'd have the likes of Lamella and Chadley all trying to pull her and whatever. Dolphin skin. Yeah, Chad- Chadley. Chadley. The dolphin. Yeah, Astro. I mean, what if... Uh, stewards and so forth were um were uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? What what if what if stewards looked like that? Would would attendances improve um, in the game? I think they get a lot more um sexist abuse to be honest with you. I think you'll you'll find a lot of play a lot of fans would um would probably uh give them a bit of the old, you know, get your tits out and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know whether it would affect the tents, but I think, um, yeah, I, I don't think it would be, well, I don't think it would go down too well, to be honest. I, I'd like to think there's enough decent people out there who wouldn't, but I don't know, football's full of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. We got three of them right here. <laughs> yeah. oh, we had four at one point. Um... Eric, <laughs> But the hamster Where's... fell off the wheel. Sorry, Merrick. Pay your power bill, bub. Ah, so Spanish hamsters are bloody lazy, they are. The <laughs> uh, question. Go on, go for it, Andy. What would you say to the team before, before a match or at halftime? What would your pep talk entail? Somebody. Do you want to go first, Javid? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Um, I would play them a video of the... Um, there's a there's a video on YouTube. That there's a guy called Yidvids, and he's put this video together, and it's um, you know a comp- comp- compilation of all these clips from Tottenham's past. And yeah. there's a bit, bit at the end where Bill Nicholson says something like, naturally, I'm a Tottenham man. Um, I would put that video um, and... Or the, or there's, there's the other one, the one that the... the to dare us to do video i'd just play that yeah and and if they, if they, yeah and if they don't get it then fuck off they can go and play somewhere else i, th- I think i would get a, a montage of um spurs greats throughout the history of the game all the great players would play for spurs i'd have a montage of those players you know making superb saves tackles goals whatever else in between them, I'd have clips of the fans, you know, cheering and, and everything else like that, and just say to them, you know, this is Tottenham. We have a, a tradition of having fantastic players, having fantastic games, playing good, attractive, flowing football. You need to go out there, you need to remember this, and you need to enjoy the game. Play the game with a smile on your face. Give it everything you've got. If it's not good enough at the end of the day, as long as you've given them everything you've got and you've left it out there on the pitch and you've come in and you can't give any more, nobody can ask any more of you. So that's pretty much what I do, I think. Andy, what are your what, what would be your words of wisdom? I would get a big cardboard cutout of Daniel Levy, just like on the movie Major League, and I would take a piece off for every goal that Soldado scored. Have you ever seen the movie? Well, I've not seen the movie, but I'm probably inclined to now after 
You take a piece off and it reveals it one little section of skin. It's like taking the clothing off piece by piece. And I would yell at him, shit or get off the pot and move the ball. Because their buildup is so slow. Why Levy? Why not a picture of a really hot woman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's got to be more well, of an incentive be, to remove her got- clothes and to see Levy there naked. <laughs> oh. Maybe it'll inspire them more. Somebody that they don't like. Or at least somebody that I don't like. I, I, I mean, do the players like Levy or not? I don't know. I mean, they must like Maybe we should get like... Maybe like Mary Morton's. I don't know. Yeah, a picture of Mary Mary Morton, you know. Every time Sodado scores, a piece of her comes off or something. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Rebecca Braddock. Yeah, Don picture Fletcher, of all the Spurs girls. Carly, Nikki. Wow. I think I want to be in that dressing room. <laughs> um, right, should we wrap it should we wrap it up? Maybe. Okay, on that note, we're all off to help Eric with his broadband connection so he doesn't keep dialing out. Um, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Oh.